Wolf and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Final hour of the show, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke, and this is the news that has Wolf most excited, I would say, today. Maybe not more excited than the Suns win, but uh, but but pretty excited today. We, <laughs> Maloney told you this in the pre-show meeting, and your entire demeanor for the rest of the day just changed instantly. <laughs> it was pretty incredible, because once again, from time to time, I will come in here, and suddenly Maloney will say something I had no idea had happened. <laughs> when did that happen? It happened like when you I, were driving Exactly. Yeah. I feel badly about it, but um, yeah, from time to time, I get news, and this was huge. This is Mike Vrabel. From uh, earlier today, of course, the Tennessee Titans head coach. I think that it, not only is it an evaluation, but it's also a preparation. These are good football teams. I mean, you saw what Arizona did to us the first week of the season. It's a, it's a talented team. It was a fast team. We know how good Tampa Bay is. And so these are opportunities for us to prepare and, and also evaluate our team. And, you know, we have to, you know, with, with Bruce and Cliff do a great job of scheduling these practices so that's Mike Vrabel answering questions about the wow. Titans who are going to hold joint practices with the Buccaneers and the Cardinals during training camp. You know, honestly, have we seen anything from the team? The, no. the Cardinals actually verifying no. what? <laughs> no. Wow. But we've heard Mike Vrabel say it. <laughs> do you believe it, Mike Vrabel? What are you doing? You know, right now, the director of PR for the Tennessee Titans is like, Mike, can I talk to you for a minute, please, over here? Well, the Titans might have said something. I'll look that up. They may they may have put out a release. Yeah, but isn't it They don't odd? send me emails. Isn't it odd that the Arizona Cardinals would not release it themselves, I'd, too? Maybe they found out point. when the rest of us found out. Like, I, yeah. Did you hear what Mike Rabel said this morning? I guess Listen, we're all going to Tennessee. We're just going to assume that this is going to happen. The third preseason game against the Tennessee Titans, the Arizona Cardinals are going to go to Nashville. They're going to go to Tennessee. We'll put it that way. They're actually going to practice. What? What are you doing? Well, it is. it's on the Titans website. At least. <laughs> okay. It says Titans go. planning to host joint practices with Buccaneers, Cardinals, in Nashville during training camp. Okay. Interesting. All right. Forget about the joint release to the public, <laughs> I guess. Um, look, at this is awesome. This is why I love this. The Cardinals have not practiced with a team in training camp since 2016. I mean, this will make the 2022 training camp the most physical training camp in the Cliff Kingsbury era. By virtue of literally being there and practicing against another team, the intensity level is going to skyrocket. Dudes are going to start competing, and when dudes start competing, bodies start hitting the ground. And this, I can say with certitude, is going to be the most physical training camp in the Cliff Kingsbury era. Because I would imagine they're going to go for three days, and they're probably going to have a practice. How many times do you see this stuff happen in the preseason, where other teams will go and practice against the other team, and then suddenly play the preseason game at the end of the week? 
And how many times do you say, oh, fight broke out, especially with the Tennessee Titans? <laughs> Get ready to brawl, Will Hernandez. <laughs> you came to the right place. Yeah, by the way, he's big. Yeah, he is big. I man. knew he was big, but they just they tweeted the Cardinals tweet out a picture. I would have been nicer on the phone had I known that. He is he's not one to be messed with. And thirty two pounds, I would imagine right now it's probably about three forty somewhere in there. Okay. okay, just saying this time of year, yeah. about three forty, getting ready to cut it down to three thirty two a little bit earlier or later, I should say. Cut it down um, to cut it down to three thirty two. But you know, right now uh, this is it's great. Nobody has told me this, Space and Onions, about the Arizona Cardinals and their intent to play the Tennessee Titans, obviously. Nobody has told me this, but if you you wanted to run more two tight ends or 12 personnel yourself and run down situation and study the one team in the league that does it better than anybody else, you would pick the Tennessee Titans to train against. You would pick them. Well... You know where I come out on this. I genuinely hope that's what they're doing for a couple reasons. One, because I don't know how you're going to react if they don't. <laughs> if they don't run I'm that. I'm going to be forlorn. <laughs> you're going to be a, a mess for the first few weeks of the season. But secondly, <laughs> you know, I, I understand the, the viewpoint if you're a Cardinals fan or somebody that covers the team and you're like, uh, they're not doing anything. You're not adding any pieces to a team that won 11 games last year. 11 games is great, but how are you going to get better? I understand that mindset. But, Wolf, to a certain extent, if you went out and just kept Christian Kirk or you just added a guy, to me that's more cosmetic than actually doing what you're saying and changing your philosophy. Because that, and I I can't guarantee they're going to do it, but if they were going to do it, it would look like this. You'd be practicing with Tennessee. You'd be signing, re-signing Zach Ertz and Max Williams. You'd be re-signing James Conner. That, to me, is a lot more compelling of a way to not have that late-season slide because it's at least something different. You've got to do something different okay, this year. exactly right. And what is different is just saying, you know what? We're going to line up and just be better than you. How about that? We're not going to try to trick you. Hey, look, everybody, who's got the ball? We're, we're not going to know. We're going to do that. Make sure you understand. We're still going to do that. Yeah, they're going to run zone read, and they're going to run RPOs, and they have to. You're going to do that, of course. Yet at the same time, you got to have a base. you got to have something you can always fall back to, something where you can say, you know what, we're just going to line up. We're going to truck you. We're going to line them just be better than you. We're going to blend the old and the new, and this is what I love because the Tennessee Titans have blended the old with the new better than anyone else in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill, they got a quarterback that can still run the zone read. Of course. Kyler Murray, you can still run the zone read. No doubt. RPOs, Kyler's good at that. Ryan Tannehill is good at Yet at the same time, they'll get in two back and run a seven-man slide protection. I I mean, they have blended the old with the new better than anyone else in the league. And that's why I love the fact the Arizona Cardinals are going to go practice with them because that's what I see happening to this team with more tight ends. Two tight ends. Zach Ertz is not going to be the stud tight end, in my opinion, in rundown situation. Yeah, they'll go 11 personnel with Zach Ertz out there and three wide receivers. Yeah, they'll do that. But they'll also go with Max Williams and Zach Ertz on the field in 12 personnel and run down situation and blend 
the old and the new. I, I love all of the evidence that is mounting here for the Cardinals in the direction of this offense. Once again, look around the league, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody lines up and runs the tackle zone in the play action that comes off of it. Over and over and over again, you see it. Why? Why do they do it? Because it works. It works. And if you get good players and plug in good players, it'll work to a point where even if the defense knows it's coming, they can't stop it. They can't. Because you execute better than they do. It works. I'm not saying do away with, you got to blend it all. The old and the new blend it together to form an offense. And this is why I love what's happening. They're going to the one place that I think does that better than anyone else. Blending the old and the, the new schemes and being a physical team doing it. The Tennessee Titans. I don't think that's by accident. I hope I'm right on that. <laughs> I do, too. ASU baseball's in full swing. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets to see the Sun Devils take on Cal this weekend. We come back. One more win ties the franchise record. Two more wins breaks it for the Phoenix Suns. What would that mean to the fan base and the players? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of the Suns. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports app. The Suns run to the playoffs, presented by Canvas Annuity. All right, I'm going to need help from Command and Control on this one, I think. So we have gone three hours and 17 minutes into the show. Yeah. And there have only been two Will Smith, Chris Rock references, okay? Yeah. Paul Calvisi made one when he was on, and you just kind of glazed right over it. Early in the show, I said Duke, North Carolina is among the greatest rivalries of our time with the Red Sox, Yankees, and Will Smith, Chris Rock, and you just glazed right over it. Yeah. Do you not know what happened last night? Um, Listen, last night I was reading The Hunchback of Notre Dame. What are you saying? That something happened on the on the Matrix that <laughs> I, I go missed? literary on you. I was um, too busy being intelligent. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now. Um, I, I just looked up on The Matrix and I saw <laughs> Chris Rock get slapped by Will Smith. Yes. Um, he got slapped by Will Smith. the Oscars. Yes. Okay, I didn't watch the I didn't Oscars. watch the Oscars I never, either, I but I saw it. Oh, okay, so what happened? Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife. Okay. Will Smith laughed. Okay. Then walked up on stage, okay. and everybody thought, oh, this is stage, and he slapped Chris Rock in the face, and it was bad enough where the LAPD had to say, Chris Rock hasn't pressed charges, so we're not going any further with this. Apparently, Denzel Washington... Wait a minute. Because he's Denzel, had to like mediate everything. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you're telling me that the was footage real. I actually saw yes. was real because it looks fake as all fake as you could possibly get. Yeah, I, I will it, grant it you looks, that. There's no way but he hit it. There was a lot of yelling after it. Like if if they staged that, Will Smith has become a great actor since the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And not only was there a lot of yelling after that, for a solid 15, 20 seconds, there yeah. was no audio coming through your TV yeah. because they were bleeping at all. Yeah. You have to go find the Australian feed to hear what was actually said. Which Are but, there no rules in Australia? Wait a minute, man. Come on. Here's what I didn't really understand is he made the joke yeah. to Will Smith's wife. Yes. Will Smith laughed. Yeah. But immediately his wife was not having it. 
true. <laughs> so, and then so Will Smith then got Will mad. Smith got up, then he got mad. Yeah. Or, you know what? Now it's becoming more believable. Well, and then he won Best yeah. Actor of the Year or something, yeah. and then was all about how he's tired of people like not giving love to other people, and he needs to stick up for people. And- yeah. Okay. That's how you show love. You slap somebody in the face, okay. apparently. Okay. This This is getting... How did you miss all of this by reading I, The Hunchback of Notre Dame? I, I'm just telling you, right? I, the, the Oscars, like, I could care less about the Oscars. Yeah, but you, I, there was no way to avoid this. Like, if you walked outside, somebody was talking about it on your, in your I, driveway. I, I will tell you right now, there were two people that made reference on this very show. Yeah, one of them was me. Yeah, right, okay, but <laughs> Paul Calvisi being the other guy that I did not know I, until I just saw it right here. Let's just say if Paul's call was still a thing, it would be the Big, big finish. I went on Twitter last night, and it was the only thing. It was the only thing. That was funny. You ought to do that more often, Bell. We should have Maloney do the the big finish. (laughs) I mean, um, okay, I'm so sorry. I just, the Oscars. No, this is great. We got to relive it with you. The last time I watched the Oscars, I was... 23, I Look, think. I'm not like an Oscars aficionado. Oh, there's no story behind that, Mel. I was 23 years old, and I won't tell you what I was doing, all right? Stop it. I had a scheme at I'm kidding. It's a joke. I'm laughing. All right? Um, now, there's no story. <laughs> I don't know when she like, wants one. You know, she can just communicate. Exactly right. Yes, it's almost like the confessional. Okay, start I mean, playing. you Forget knew. About you that. I was 23, so well, clearly I was, it stuck out to me. I was, <laughs> yes, and I was thinking about what I was doing when I was 23. and um, The whole year? That I think that was my second year in the league, hmm. watching the Oscars this time of year. Um, That's almost more unbelievable to me. There was probably a steroid injection involved in that story. (laughs) But it didn't have to be. (laughs) That's probably more unbelievable to me that you were watching it when you were 23 than that you Um, didn't see it last night. (laughs) So anyways, just don't even worry about it. You're telling me that Will, Will Smith did not hit him in the face. Yes, he did. It didn't look like it. still photos everywhere. Seriously? Did you see? You didn't see Marco Wilson's tweet last night. You didn't wonder why he was tweeting that out. Okay, why would Chris Rock not react to that? He did. Wait, okay, you're you're showing me that picture. That's you know how ridiculous. That's Marco that is. Wilson's Twitter account. Okay, that's Marco Wilson's Twitter account yes. right there. Yes, but you're showing me a still picture where the guy clearly is not making contact. He supposedly has made contact. Well, you saw the live. I mean, I, it I, me I to, saw the live right there, and it looked like he was a foot from his face. Well, I can bring somebody in for a dramatic reenactment, but I think Jarrett left. Okay, um, I, 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 I'm going to believe you. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Because I didn't see it, and you're you're telling me <laughs> the entire world out there believes yes. that he actually slapped him in the face. Yes, um, I'm talking about the reaction of Will Smith when he walked away. Honestly, you, they're not. They can't show that on ESPN. He walked away, man. Yeah, and then he sat back down and started yelling at Chris Rock. Uh, well, okay, that's fine. He started yelling at Chris Rock, but if it's all staged, it's wouldn't not, you do though. the same? Because. After his speech, when he won Best Actor or Actress of the Year, he said, and I hope the Academy invites me back for next year. Yeah, it got pretty awkward. Okay. 
It was um, it was a pretty awkward evening at the Oscars. Yeah, which okay. always runs like forty minutes over, and every year they're like, "Wow, I can't believe it ran over." So, so let me just say this: if in fact you were going to go up and slap him in the face, why wouldn't you punch him in the face? <laughs> okay, I don't know. Just thinking clearly. If you're going to do that, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you punch him in the face? I mean, if you're literally going to get up and walk up there after he was laughing, I saw it myself. Yeah, no, he was absolutely laughing. laughing, Yes. And then all of a sudden you're going to tell me he gets up because his wife is upset. I think he looked at his wife and she wasn't very happy. If you're going to do that, go up on stage, um, I would imagine a straight right hand would be in order. And where was security? I think everybody was just in shock. I'm, I'm, man. I'm having a hard time believing. This I will grant you the one camera angle that's like showing him walking towards Chris Rock yeah. is almost too perfect. Yes. Yes. But everything that happened after makes me believe it was real. You know what I think right now? There is no way. We were talking about actors. Do you, do you know how good they could act if they wanted to make you believe what you were seeing was real? I, I don't I, believe I, that. I No way. Chris Rock reacted like he had gotten slapped in the face in front of the entire country. Okay. What are you saying? Chris Rock has not been up in front of a camera before or I don't know, man. You'd have to rewatch you'd have to watch the whole thing. Go find an Australian feed. Not suitable you know for work. If you're listening right now, go ahead and at me at Wolf ninety eight seven FM. If in fact you think it was real, like tell me the truth. I'm starting to think this isn't real, that you have seen it and you knew all about it there's, and you're just there's putting There's no this- way. There's no way in the world. I'm just telling you the angle they showed me that come on, the WWF just showed up at the Oscars. My did, goodness. Did you see Mark Marco Wilson's quote with his tweet? No. He said, aren't you that guy that threw the cleat? <laughs> he just cuts it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was nice. It's the best part about Marco Wilson. Marco. He is, uh, he's not afraid of, of that story oh, from college. Well, that's good, buddy. Uh, all right. Well, that was uh, that was our segment on the Suns closing yeah. on the franchise. Man, I'm record. really sorry about that. I got to start watching the Oscars <laughs> once again. That's not the lesson to take from this. You don't have to start watching I mean, the Oscars. Luke is over here, my young crud brother, <laughs> I the purveyor the of all Oscars. things pop culture. This one was unavoidable. It was 100 percent unavoidable. Listen, Luke, I'm t- I'm too. You know what? Honestly, um, there's a lot of people that like the drama. Okay, they like drama in life. Mm-hmm. I like competition. Forget about the drama, the story that surrounds it. Oh my goodness, the drama is just uh, that's drama. That's that's not real. I just liked when you said I was too busy reading a literary masterpiece well, to be watching TV like the rest of you, Victor Hugo. Once every three, four years, man, pick it up and read it. Like you read the whole thing once every three or four years? No. Or, okay. No, to okay. a point where I can pick and choose. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, just like that's my favorite page. Now back to the Oscars. All right, we come back. The NCAA tournament has gift wrapped the perfect storyline in March Madness. The final four is set, and even though it's four teams we're kind of all sick of, it's actually pretty perfect this year. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, we're down to the final four in March Madness. I found this hard to believe, Wolf. If you picked these four teams at the start of March Madness, 
the odds. If you went to Vegas, you said, okay, I'm going to put $10 down. All right? Because that's what people bet. $10. Yeah. $10 on a parlay that puts North Carolina, Duke, Villanova, Kansas in the final four. Yeah. Okay? So not crazy. Four teams that are always in the final yes. four, it seems like. 17 combined titles between the, the four of them. Blue bloods, indeed. A one seed, two two seeds, and an eight seed. So the eight seed obviously throws off the odds. The odds were 1,700 to one. Oh you put goodness. $10 down, you would have won wow. 17000 on that. Yeah, and when you say those four teams, what's the one team you didn't think definitely was going to be there this year? Uh, I mean, in retrospect, it would have to be North Carolina. If I, got, if, I mean, Kansas I actually had. Uh, Villanova we all probably should have had, but I obviously had U of A. Um, Duke <laughs> makes a lot of sense in, in Krzyzewski's last year. North Carolina, I don't think is like a stunner because they are North Carolina, but they weren't great this yeah. year. They did hammer Duke the last time they played, though. Yeah, you know, it's just amazing you bring this up, North Carolina and Duke. Uh-huh. I, I just, right now, if in fact Disney was going to create a sports movie about college basketball, they would have Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, of course, they would have him in his last go-round making a run deep into the... NCAA tournament, and here he is in the final four. Coach K, one more time, one more ride, and who is he playing? A team he's never played before in the tournament, yet these two schools, Duke, North Carolina, we know the rivalry that exists between these two schools. 257 times they have played each other since 1920. And they've never played each other in the NCAA tournament until this Final Four with Coach K making a run deep into this tournament against North Carolina. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, I was certainly... Rooting for St. Peter's yesterday, as long as the Peacock story could keep going. I mean, how great would it have been if the Peacocks were the ones that ended Duke's run in the Final Four? But as you detailed earlier, that game was was done pretty early. Like it just it clearly time had run out on St. Peter's. They are still the story of the tournament to me, but I, that I, might change in the Final Four. See, I'm just telling you right now, and I said this last week. I think the story of the tournament is the fact that you've got Coach K making another run into the Sweet 16 we were talking about last week. But you got Coach K making a run into the tournament, and can he win the whole thing on his way out the door? See, and that is a great story. I think for me personally... It, it would have just been okay, you know, good for Duke or whatever. It is kind of cool he, if he gets to go off into the sunset. But the fact, Wolf, that they are going to play North Carolina in the Final Four with everything you just said, where they've never played North Carolina never in, the tournament. in the tournament, not in the Final Four, in the tournament in all these years, and it's organic. They didn't do like you know how Duke and Michigan State were lined up to meet in the second round. I'm sure some committee member was like, "This will be great." Tom Izzo versus Coach K for the last time. This is organic. Nobody thought North Carolina was going to be here. Hence the 1700 to one odds if you picked all four of these teams. And they at this point, there's only four teams left. They couldn't avoid each other. But what my question is here, I'll play the, the Coach K clip first, talking about making the Final Four. The, the Final Four is uh, is mecca for. Uh, a player and a coach. It just, there's nothing like it. And so for me, it's like I call it crossing a bridge. And very few people cross that bridge. And so I've been able to cross it with my teams 12 times. 
Okay, Um, yeah, we all know the import of the Final Four right there. But once again, if you didn't know better, you'd think the matchup was rigged. (laughs) If you didn't know better, to your point, you would think this is, what are the odds that this is going to happen in the Final Four that you were going to get North Carolina Duke for the first time in the tournament? In the history of this unbelievable rivalry, are you? What are the odds of that, Luke? I can't even imagine what the state of North Carolina must be like this week, and what it's going to be like on Saturday night. Insanity, because it's insanity. If you're a college basketball fan, it doesn't. Get it doesn't. Any it really doesn't. It doesn't get any better like, than this because it's insane when those two teams play, and it's like hey, it's ACC championship week. Here's a game that nobody outside Duke and North Carolina cares about, and then they cut to North Carolina, and it's like the entire state is just losing their minds. That is a relatively... This is for a trip to the championship. <laughs> if you're a Duke fan, I can't even imagine how they revere <laughs> Coach K on Duke's campus. They, You know they're going crazy one last yeah. run. If you're North Carolina, does it get any better than ending Coach K's career? <laughs> I, that's kind of what I want to happen, yeah, but, honestly. Okay, but if Disney were writing this, of course, he, Coach K has got to win, win yeah. He's got to win it all. If and Disney were writing if, it. If Disney were writing it, he's got to win it all. Win the whole thing and then walk away. Or does he walk away? That, I mean, oh, that's the other question again. Not Isn't that right, back. Tom Brady? Tom Brady looked at the camera and said he was done. I'm retired. He did. It's over. And and then all of a sudden, well, 40 days? 40 days, exactly. 40, 40 days. No, I'm not. I'm coming back. Um, how embarrassing, Tom, still to this day. <laughs> it unfinished honestly. business. It unfinished business right now. But this is, to me, yeah, the, the fact North Carolina could knock out Duke and get the opportunity to actually win a championship and the first year Roy Williams is not coaching them. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The storyline is huge. And Basinonians, you know this. I'm not big on the drama. I, I'm not big on the storyline. Oh, the story is so good. Yet I I will admit the Coach K story and this deep dive by Duke, it's huge. It, it is. I don't like to. 42 years. But but it is. It's huge. And, and I know what you're saying. The Disney the Disney movie has Coach K going through Tom Izzo Why? and going through you North Carolina. You want to see Duke go down. Just admit it. You want I to do. See 100%. You do. I do. Totally. But, but I think... <laughs> If they're going to lose, it'd be a bigger story of North Carolina beat. Coach no, K? I just think it'd be cooler. I think it would just be. It's not a Disney movie. I don't know. This is like some like edgy movie where the hero doesn't win in the end. Uh, I have a hard time accepting Duke as a hero, but I, I think it's got to be North Carolina that takes him out. Right? It can't be. Hey, Duke beat North Carolina, and then Villanova hammered Duke. It can't be that. It can't. North Carolina has got to be the one to take Duke out. That's the only way this makes sense. It's just incredible that, once again, when you think of Hubert Davis, this is his first go. His mm-hmm. first go here. It's a, it's a good first go. Um, making it to the Final Four, and not only making it to the Final Four, but now here you have the opportunity to knock Coach K and Duke out of the Final Four. You know, when you look at it from the opposite end as well, this is the reason why this story is incredible to me. That this is actually happening, that the odds have happened past tense. And here they are now, where it's Duke, North Carolina. Coach K in his 42nd year of coaching. And now Hubert David 
Davis in his first year. And this is the first time Duke is going to meet North Carolina ever in the tournament. And it's not just the tournament, it's the Final Four. What do you think you is going to happen? Man, you think Duke's going to win the whole thing? Win. The whole thing? Yeah, I think Duke's going to win the whole thing. I think they are too. They're favored. But I'll tell you what, if I wasn't, if you told me Duke wasn't and I had to pick one of the other three, Kansas is the second favorite, then Villanova. I'm never picking against Villanova again, ever. They, like, they came through that region once U of A lost, and I was like, did you see how they handled Houston? Yeah. And I was yeah, like, why Houston, do I ever pick yeah. against Villanova? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Jay Wright wants to know the same thing. He's been how many Final Fours? Like, it's like three in the last twelve years. Some, you're one of those programs I, that goes every four years. Listen, I that's would, absurd. I would like to see it though. I would. I'm not afraid of greatness. Coach K and Duke, they have been a great program. They have been the, the definition of great, in my opinion. Even um, what he said in that clip. This is the twelfth time he's been to the Final Four in 42 years. Yeah, we just do the math on that. That's. That's not even every four years he goes to the Final Four. <laughs> like, come on. I'm just saying right now, I'd love to see it. Um, I just wonder if he'd walk away after it. <laughs> yeah. Winning the whole thing. Well, this kind of feels good. <laughs> He's done it before, though. This fits like a glove. The only, the only, there's no way Coach K's coming back because this has been like a farewell <laughs> tour. But the only way that I would even entertain that notion is if hey, he Tom was, Brady wasn't coming back and you know it. <laughs> thought Tom Brady was coming back. We have the audio to prove it. I just thought he was going to play for San Francisco. He referenced his kids as to why he was retired. I think he referenced when he came back, too. He was like, bye, kids. Um, I'll see you in a year. Okay. If, if hey, Duke, Tommy, just knock it If off. Duke played North Carolina in the final and lost on like a buzzer beater, that's about the only way that I would give Coach K 1% chance of coming back. All right. It is your last shot to participate in the mad- madness. Text Bucks to 620-620 and choose from the last four teams for your chance to win $500. So your whole bracket up to this point, you can just toss it out. That's Bucks to 620-620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. When we come back, how much are some uh, postseason awards fueling Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of the Suns, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports app. The Suns run to the playoffs. Presented by Canvas Annuity. You know, I walked out there to steal food from the web department, right? Because I could see through the window behind you, Wolf, like a couple segments ago, somebody bringing in a bunch of food. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go take that food. Right. And I walked out there, and they're like, did Wolf really not know about the Will Smith thing yet until today? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry about that, but once again, the drama, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? I care about the competition. Show me that. I'm wrapped up in that all day long, even though I am willing to admit that Coach K's story is a good one, isn't it? It is a good story. Yes. I just don't want Duke to win. Yeah. I want to play this clip real quick from Monty Williams. It's, it's been here, and I haven't got to play it yet, uh, and it'll set up the segment. Monty Williams, um, they asked him after the game yesterday, how do you measure the progress the franchise has made since you got here? Because I don't know about you, Wolf, but for me... If I had to pick one turning point, which is it's unrealistic because it was partially going all the way back to drafting Devin Booker and it was bringing in James Jones. And it, but for me, if I have to pick one, 
it's hiring Monty Williams when everything flipped for the Suns. Yep. There's a number of ways you can measure it. The, the win-loss, for sure. Um, offensive and defensive e- efficiency, improvement, and then consistency. And then the other way is just watching players get better and, and watching players get better in tough situations. And I think that's something that we've been able to watch here in Phoenix is young guys who've been in tight situations not necessarily fail our first year but we didn't do as well as we wanted to and then year by year or year after year you're watching those guys improve in those situations and then obviously you know gaining respect from the rest of the league in reference to how hard they play against you every night Uh, I think when I listen to other guys, they would talk about this team when they would come visit, and they didn't have a lot of good things to say. And now they know that they better bring it when they come through here uh, because we're a formidable opponent. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. a formidable opponent who knows how to compete time after time after time, night after night after night. They go out with the Incredible consistency and play well. It, it's almost to a point where every team the Suns play, it's not about them. It's about how the Suns play and not about that team that they're playing. It's almost like that, Luke, yeah. with every team. And you're talking about the Golden State, and yeah, you're a little concerned about Golden State, and we all know how Golden State is playing as of late. I think that's because I, ha- I feel like I have to be concerned about somebody. I know, but once again, is it possible? And I've asked this question for the last couple of months. Is it possible? The Phoenix Suns, it's not about who they play. It's not about the matchup. It's not. It's about them playing themselves and how they play. As long as they play up to their standard, you're going to tell me they're going to roll their unbeatable? That, That, to say that, makes me so uncomfortable, yet I feel that. It's a best of seven. So in the NBA, typically, typically the best teams are there at the end in the NBA. You know, I mean, it varies a little bit from year to year, but I've, this is not single elimination. I've, I've never felt this way about any team in any sport. Never. I am always the, hey, hey, bring it down, bring it back here. The expectation. We're talking about the highest level our species can generate. Bad things can happen to you. You'll go out and just not play well. You just won't play well for whatever reason. You don't play well, and you lose. It happens. Yet my expectation with this team, it's not going to happen. Well, uh, And that makes me uncomfortable to feel that way. I've never felt that way about any team in any sport, and I feel that way about this version of the Phoenix Suns. And I'm always setting aside injury. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Well, if this happens and that happens, I'm of just course. gonna go with what happens on the floor. Of course, a couple of things have become pretty apparent. This team's not gonna lose very many games at home in the playoffs. Let's just start there. At or home, on the road. Well, yeah, they actually have a better record on the road this year. But at home, and Jay Crowder said it after the game yesterday. The the home crowd kind of fueled them back into that game yesterday. Um, if a team is going to take the Suns out in the playoffs, I really think that team's gonna have to beat them in game one. Because I don't know how you come back on this Suns team that has not lost more than two in a row at any point this season. Like Think about that. We are 75 games in. They have not lost three games in a row at any point. And 
uh, they just they get stronger as these games goes on. Go on. You brought it up earlier. The the points for Philadelphia in that game by quarter. What was it? Thirty nine. Then twenty four. Then twenty two. Yeah. 22, 22 and then 18. 18. Like you can see where it's going if you're oh the other team. Goodness. You're like, what's well, just, they're like a boa constrictor. They just, it, they tighten up more and more with every passing quarter. Yeah. And, you know, once again, um, to be able to impose your greatness on the opponent, this is what every team tries to do. But you've got to have a mix of talent and toughness so perfectly balanced. That in order to go out and, and do that to the opponent and impose your will on them, it, it's just not human. It isn't. And yet this is what we see over and over and over again with the Phoenix Suns. I, um, I'm at a loss for words. Well, here. I don't know what else to say about it other than I respect it so much because having done it, I know how difficult a locker room is in being able to all be on the same page. It's impossible. These are the... So, Coach of the Year odds. Monty Williams is minus 2,000, which basically means... I can't even do the math on that, but that basically means Monty Williams is going to win Coach of the okay, Year. Good. And he should. That's he should. Right. That, that, that shouldn't even... Honestly, that shouldn't even be a discussion. Okay, that's good. The discussion when people are like, well, look at what J.B. Bickerstaff... That's great. Good job, J.B. Not as good as Monty Williams. If you're, bringing up, you, JB. if you're bringing up another coach, you're just taking that. Well, every argument has to have two sides. No, it doesn't. Not when your team is as good as, as the Suns are and Monty Williams is the coach and he's, he should have won it last year. Come on, man. So, as far as MVP and defensive player of the year, I got uh, FanDuel's odds right here. Mikkel Bridges is now third in defensive player of the year. So, he has moved up. He's moved up. All right. He's, he's third, though. Well, uh, yeah. And what? I, I kind of think... I don't know. Of those two, we had the, the Arizona Sports Poll question last week. Who deserves it more? Mikel Bridges, Defensive Player of the Year, Mc- yeah. Devin Booker, MVP. And Mikel probably should win Defensive Player of the Year. No, I, I, I would pick yeah. Mikel Bridges yeah. over, over Devin Booker. The only two guys they have ahead of him now, like according to this, odds-wise, he's past Giannis. He's only behind Bam Adebayo and Marcus Smart. Marcus okay. Smart's the favorite now. Man. Uh, MVP, Devin up. Booker wasn't even in like the top eight or nine. He's now fourth. <laughs> okay. So, so he's moving up quickly. Not going to win. Uh, it, it goes Embiid, pretty overwhelming favorite, I then Jokic. Embiid's going to win it. Yeah. That's I think Embiid's going to win. Yep. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yep. The 76ers. Joel Embiid. Massive man, by the way. Yeah. Massive human being. It's pretty good. It's just, you know, again, to know that DeAndre Ayton is a big man. This is something that Tom Chambers was talking about. Tom Leander after the game as well. Uh, Eddie Johnson was talking about the fact that he's so big. I mean, Joel Embiid. I, I would love to stand next to Joel Embiid just to be able to get that reference, that point of reference, because... DeAndre Ayton is a big dude. Would you say he's a big dude? Pretty tall, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, big dude. Um, and he is dwarfed by Joel Embiid. Yeah, and Embiid's one of those guys that the start of his career, it looked like he wasn't going to have much of a career, remember? Because he kept getting hurt, and he had injuries out of college, and he was hurt to start his career, and you never know with a big man. And yeah, then he right. just took off and he looked at him off. now. Yeah, and you know what really increased, I think, in Joel Embiid is his um, aggressiveness, his physicality. I think it really took off, and that's why he's the player he is today. It's one of the things I want to see with D.A., and I still think he can do it. I still believe 
he can get better and will get better in terms of being aggressive and more physical. I can't remember when they announce the postseason awards in the, the awards in the NBA because the last couple of years have been so jumbled with like when the games are. If Monty Williams doesn't win Coach of the Year and that's announced during the playoffs, the Suns are going to win the title. <laughs> I'll take that bet 100%. Because they that is clearly the one they all look at and they're like, all right, this this is ridiculous. Here's Jay Crowder yesterday. You know where I stand at. I was mad. I was pissed off last year about that. You know, I thought he did a great job of just getting, getting our team where it needs to be, um, winning games at a high level. And I think um, it, was, it was sort of disrespect last year. So... You know where I stand this year. I stand behind our coach. I think we're doing a good job. It's just uh, he putting us in position to succeed, and we're doing nothing and getting the job done. So um, I think it's, it's almost a no-brainer in my, in my eyes. It's a no-brainer who's the coach of the year. And for back-to-back years, that close last year, he didn't get it. It's most definitely he should get it this year. That, that's the one. And I, I'm 100% with these guys. I mean, I think we all are. That's the one where there's not even a conversation to be had. If Monty Williams doesn't win Coach of the yeah. Year, because at least with Mikel Bridges, you can say, okay, but I mean, how close did you watch Marcus Smart? Look at Giannis. I mean, with Booker, you can say everything we just said about Embiid or Giannis or yeah. some of these. But with, with Monty Williams, no, no. He wins. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I, I, I think he is going to win it, and um, I hope he does, and that's great. But for me, once again, uh, you know how these awards work at the end of the year, and this is what is bothering me. You know how this works. You know, defensive player of the year. Go ahead and take a, a player that plays on a great defense, and that's what the Suns have, a great defense. So who's the best defensive player on that defense that is a great defense? And oh, by the way, how many games have they won? Give it to that guy. I mean, that's how it happens in the NBA, the NFL. This is how these awards get passed out. So much of it has got to do with what team is a great team. What team wins games? So much of it has got to do with that. That's why I don't like that. Okay, the Devin Booker. Okay, who who's their leading scorer? The team in the league that has the best record. Who's their, who's their leading scorer? I mean, so much of the time, mm-hmm. that is who wins MVP. And yet the Suns don't seem to get that. That's... Yeah, I mean, that's what he was saying to Isaiah Thomas last week. That typically is the criteria, except when it isn't, and it appears to not be with the Phoenix Suns. Once again, don't focus on that, and I don't think they are. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for producing. Lauren Koval behind the glass as well. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gammo next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.